2: Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And we have uh, Marco Farrell that just walked in, our favorite underwater angler. (laughs) Above and below. Above and below. And then we also have our good friend Michael uh, Briggs from Ketchikan, Alaska, who is an important guy up there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tell us again what you do.
3: Um, Well, I work with the Ketchikan Visitors Bureau, so basically I promote Ketchikan to uh, travelers all over the world.
2: Yes, well, that's basically what you do, but uh, you, today you're helping us out, and we're going to be traveling around a little bit. We've got, uh, we're going to be talking to Will from Lake Hemet in California, who's uh, with Cal Park's company, one of our favorite sponsors. Find out what's happening in that part of the world, and then we have, uh, you, this, you're going to love Bourgeois or uh, t- tofil Bourgeois, Bourgeois Fishing Charters out of New Orleans. Now, you know, I didn't say New Orleans, I said New Orleans, right? And Bourgeois. <laughs> New Orleans.
3: Gnarlands.
2: yeah, there you go. Now, uh, is proudly calls himself a coonass. Now, a lot of people might think that that's a pejorative term, but it's really not. And then we also have a good friend of mine, Jason Grupp, who's a world traveler fly fishing guide. And then, of course, we have Marco Farrell, the uh, fishing realtor. Yeah, I've got some fun fish stories for you. Do you? I do. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can work that in. If not, we'll have a few minutes at the end. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So let's uh, um, let's go ahead and we have to take a break first, and then we're going to jump in with Will. And we'll be right back with you on uh, Fish Talk Radio and go to fishtalkradio.com you can listen to the show as many times as you want if you miss something go back and listen to it again and please tell your friends we also have a fishing trip coming up in uh, beginning of November that hopefully Marco and Mike will be on and that is to the east cape of uh, Baja and it sh- should be great so stay tuned go to fishtalkradio.com and see if you can arrange to get on the trip November 7 to the 11 we'll be right back with you.
5: For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Lake Comanche has 54 miles of shoreline and three marinas west of San Francisco, known locally as Monster Lake because of the big fish in abundance. Lake Hemet is surrounded by the majestic beauty of tall pines and giant oaks in the mountains of Southern California, a majestic vacation spot. CalParks Company is your prime location for outdoor adventures in the West.
7: I keep it simple, that's my belly cup, saddle and my spinning reel, little working man
1: blues, help me make it through
2: Welcome the Welcome to Fish Talk Radio, this is John Hennigan in studio with Marco Farrell, and we have Mike, Michael, excuse me, Michael Briggs <laughs> from Ketchikan, Alaska, who Hello. represents Ketchikan to the rest of the world. Yeah, that's why they have, how many millions of people do you guys come through that town of population of about 8,000?
3: Uh, well, I mean, just cruise ship passengers alone, almost a million a year. And then, of course, about another 100,000 of uh, independent travelers that come through fishing and whatever.
2: Well, there's a reason for that. And, uh, you know, we were up there uh, in July, and we're going to go back next year. But uh, also, hopefully, Mike and um, Marco will join us on our real fun adventure to East Cape of Baja coming up November 7, 7 to 11 and if you want to get in touch with us, we can make some great deals and even some special surprises for you. Love to have you guys out there, and for all the hundreds of thousands of people that listen, I don't know why we're not getting more phone calls about it, but if you're interested in going, I'll personally take care of you. Right now, we have Will Clare, and I'm not sure what Will does. I know that he he's at late... Hemet, and uh, he wears different hats, but Will, would you kind of give a quick explanation of who you are?
7: Yeah, I'm actually the general manager of the property working for the California Parks Company, um, running the lake operation where we offer everything from camping, dry camp, full hookup sites, to a little marina with some boat rentals, and even a water inflatable water park for the summer.
2: Water park, interesting. Uh, well, let's talk for first before we get into Lake Hemet, let's talk a little bit about Cal Parks Company.
7: Yeah, um, I've been with the company for 14 years, um, started out as a little mom and posh, uh kind of thing up in Lassen National Volcanic Park um, back, ooh, I don't know, in the 60s or 70s, it's been a little while. And uh, they started out with John Cobra and Pam Pitts. They are still the um, owners of the company, and it's just grown to we have now about 25 operations under our belt um, throughout California and one in Oregon also.
2: Uh, So those are different locations that you operate marinas and or campgrounds at the different lakes throughout California.
7: Correct. Most of them have lakes. Some of them do not, such as Big Basin, but they have waterfalls. Um, we're operating in Big Basin State Park also.
2: Well, if anybody is uh, waiting for Labor Day uh, to pass that uh, wants to take their vacation without so many crowds, it might be a good time to get in touch with Cal Park's company, if no matter where you live in the world. There's some incredible places in California.
3: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Anyway, but uh, let's, let's, I'll tell you what, let me just be quiet for a minute and let's see if Mike and Marco have some questions about Lake Hemet, where you are, and any more questions about Cal Parks. Uh, Let's start with uh, Marco. Uh,
8: So how, how big is the, the lake?
7: Our lake, well, currently, we still have water. You know, we are in a drought, so we're at 50% full still. Um, so our lake is half of what it normally is, but we still have the ability to launch boats out of our marina, and uh, we do kayaks and all that also. So um, as far as the lake goes, our acreage, I think we're around 200 right now. So it's, it's, it's gotten a little smaller. It's not a, a huge lake, but it's a uh, point it's decent.
8: It's a full contact lake so people can swim as well?
7: So, no, it's actually a unique lake. Um, we don't have a full-body contact lake. We do allow a swimming area that we've buoyed off um, with lifeguards on duty for safety and all that. So we did uh, talk our water district into allowing that. Because it isn't drinking water, it's just they didn't want to mix the, um, you know, the boats and swimmers kind of can be a dangerous thing. So we do have a buoyed off area that allows for both swimming and the water park access also.
8: Oh, that's great. And, and tell me about the fishing up there.
7: Yeah, so we have um, a little bit of everything, you know, like most lakes. We, uh, we get stocked by uh, DFG in the wintertime with trout in the fall. So we'll start seeing those stalking uh, up at the lake again here coming up next month. And we have catfish, and then we also have bluegill and largemouth. The bluegill and largemouth have been, uh, you know, what we've been seeing caught most recently.
3: Now- Where exactly is the lake?
7: It's up in the uh, San Jacinto uh, Mountains, up near Idlewild. We're about 40 minutes from Temecula, and about a half hour from the actual city of Temecula.
2: Well, gotcha. If if you're local, you know exactly where that is. But if you live, if you're coming from Minnesota or Texas, that may not mean anything to you.
7: Right. So we're we're about an hour and a half from LA. If you want to put it in retrospect, to a big city, um, mm-hmm. and also Palm Desert's just on the other side of the hill from us. Mm-hmm.
2: Gotcha.
4: And is it – well, go ahead.
3: You you mentioned the drought. I know that you guys have been having some real issues with with the water in California lately. Of course, we don't have that problem here in Ketchikan. We get 165 inches of rain a year. But um, are you seeing it kind of rebound a little bit lately? Yeah, I'm actually originally from the Bay Area, moved
7: down here for work. Um, but, yeah, I've talked to friends and family up in the Bay Area, so we're seeing, that's up north of us, if you're not familiar with California, um, San Francisco area, I came from Santa Cruz prior, and they've been getting rain, and even just as a few months ago, most of our reservoirs up there are pretty full or filling up, and we actually get some of that water through our canals coming down. So we'll be seeing water here uh, very soon, and we're looking for a good winter with some snow and some rain, so we'll definitely fill up our lakes down here.
8: So you get snow melt as well.
7: Yes, we do up here in the mountains. We're at uh, forty five hundred feet at the lake, and we have mountains surrounding us that drain into um, feed into our lake. We got Herky Creek and South Fork that feed into our actual lake.
8: Oh, I'm sure it's beautiful up there. Yeah, it is. Do you have uh, f- uh, seasons up there for for fishing? Yeah
7: yeah so you know obviously um you know your fall and winter time is going to be and spring even um you know trout's pretty much good through there um the bass population you know will start to pick up in the spring when spawn starts happening the water start warming up we're a little later than most lakes because we're in the mountains so we warm up a little later so june's usually when it starts to pick up and then the bass and bluegill are, are good through summer
8: and uh you said you uh you can kayak do you rent you have kayak rentals
7: correct yeah we do sit on top of kayak rentals we have uh, somewhere around the think 24 of them or so uh, singles and doubles and you can run them for an hour two hours or, or the full day if you'd like
8: and uh regular boats too
7: yeah we allow gas motor boats you can bring your own uh, private boat also we just have a launch fee obviously in a quadra inspection and you just launch here at the marina and we let you guys go use the lake it is a 10 mile an hour speed limit but uh it is majority of the reason people come to our lake is to go fishing when they bring a boat up
8: And you've got campsites right there. How many campsites do you have?
7: Correct. We have full hookup sites. We have 199 of those. And then we have 301 um, dry camps. We're also going to be including um, into next season, we're going to be by April or so, we're going to have some camper cabins. It will be a very rustic cabin. And we're installing 10 of those this winter.
8: Oh, cool. So there's more of the glamping
7: Right, yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> your, it's gonna be basically a, a shell of a cabin with you know, some bedding in there for four to eight people with a firing picnic bench out front with a deck and a view of the lake. Um, no power, we'll have some solar panels to power light, but no direct hookups or anything like that. So it'll still be camping.
3: Do you have what are uh, those gonna cost?
7: Those um, we're looking at somewhere around 200 a night. We're still doing some um, comparable studies, you know, to find out that because this I'm still in the planning process, and we'll be, like I said, trying to implement them by um, April, so we'll have them up and running for next season.
8: And what, Very what, cool. What other facilities do you have? You have a restaurant. You have a a little yeah, store. We,
7: Yeah, we've got a little market, um, which has a little deli in there called Sawing Pines, and we do some kind of the panini hot sandwiches. We do cold grab-and-go stuff. Um, You know, you definitely got to have your beer when you're camping, so we have that also. And we also um, do some rental units, too, in our campground. I forgot to mention those. Uh, We have three as of now, a park model trailer and a um, little Jayco trailer also that we rent um, by the night also.
8: And somebody can go to your website and uh, make a reservation, or is it a call-in or show up? How does that work? Yeah,
7: you can do all three. Um, we have a uh, reservation system. It's online-based or over the phone, or you, you can pull up, except for this weekend, we are sold out. Hmm. Um, you can pull up on a walk-up basis on the day of or the day before and, you know, purchase those. But we do a 48-hour booking window, and you just go to Lake com, and you can
3: book through there.
2: And, uh, Michael, is there still any season left in Alaska?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the Silvers are really just starting to show up this year, which is a little behind the ball. Typically they get here about the 1st of September. But seeing them caught now, and the weather's been dynamite, so – We'll be going all the way through September. Probably October is when you'll start seeing it slow down.
2: Yeah. Well, if you, you know, it's getting last minute, but if you're interested, you ought to get in touch with uh, Michael up there because uh, everybody else closes up, uh, you know, has closed now by Labor Day. But there's still some stuff going on up there. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with a very interesting person. Will, thank you very much. That was very informative, and uh, go to Cal Parks co.com co.com and pick your place you got 26 of them i'll be right back with you
5: For your outdoor adventure in the West, calparksco.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, calparksco.com has it.
2: back to fish talk radio this is john hennigan in studio and we have marco and michael and marco and michael you guys are in for a treat uh, the guest that we're going to introduce, I've had him on the, the radio a few different times, but uh, probably been a, at least a year or two since he's been on last. But I fished with Tophiel about five years or so ago, and, and as to say, he even got me catching redfish. And you know, so if he can do that, he must be good. But you guys are going to enjoy this, and his, you know, his he's got a bit of a I guess you'd call it a an accent, uh, but it's real. Uh, he may lay it on a little thick sometimes. Times, but, uh, but it is real, and he is—should uh, I say this, Tophiel, about what you consider yourself? What's that?
9: <laughs> I don't know. I'm listening, man. Okay. <laughs> You're setting it up. And You're
2: setting, setting it up. you pretty good, yeah. Well, hey, you know, go with it, guys. N- n- huh? Go n- with it. No, no. Is it uh, Norlands Is that the correct pronunciation?
9: Yeah, you kinda, you kind of studying it too hard. It's like n- N-A-W. You know, like New Orleans? N a w l o i n s. however okay. you want to
2: pronounce those Yeah, down the okay. But It's all one word. That's but all if, one word, you know? if you're in New Orleans, uh, that's considered Cajun country. Yes, sir. But when you're yeah, south, when you're south into the bayou, um, what do the locals <laughs> call themselves?
9: Well, anything south I ten, we, we coon-asses down here in the bayou. So uh, that is a compliment. Down here in the bayou, whenever you when you tell a customer like coonass, that's uh, that's a high five and automatic buy you a beer. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Now you don't go to New Orleans saying coon-ass because it gets you in some trouble. But down in the bayou, man, like so you you walk in a bar, you might have you know a normal white looking dude and you know maybe a black dude and maybe a little kind of whatever. Like, Ooh, look at the coonasses in here! Everybody gonna high five you. <laughs> (laughs) so it's all good it's all good down here man it's uh been real
2: yeah well you know what uh one of these days we're going to have to we keep talking about putting together a trip to go down there for redfish and some of the things that you have down there that you can't find anywhere else but you know down in that area you've got the uh what do they call them the airboats the uh um is that what you call them the the ones that- well,
9: we okay. got yeah, we got airboats. We do swamp tours and stuff with airboats. We do bow fishing at nighttime for redfish. Yeah, with airboats, we go frogging at night. We go hunting nutria. We do all kind of stuff at nighttime by with airboats. So, yeah. uh, so, so you, well- you got to have that. Down about you, you know? got to have boat airboat. Old trucks.
2: And we haven't <laughs> even talked about float plans yet, but uh, no. But uh, Tofield Bourgeois, and I, I'll tell you what. When I first met him. I got. Wait a minute, that's that's not the guy I've been talking to on the radio. Uh, he's just a, a just a clean-cut, athletic, you know, definitely a white guy. And uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> but uh, but you know, it's, it's the real deal. Now you have a lodge, uh, or at least well, you've got a couple of different places you can stay. But give us a quick idea about bourgeois charters.
9: All right. Well, I'll give you a quick little rundown. Well, we are actually 19 miles from Bourbon Street. Give you a landmark. Everybody knows about Bourbon Street in New Orleans, but we're 19 miles south of New Orleans. We got an old schoolhouse that we put together, made it a fishing lodge. It actually sleeps 52 people. So we got that. We have another lodge 18 miles out by boat to get to that. So it's pretty cool, man. We down here fishing redfish, speckled trout, enjoying life, eating a lot of jambalaya gumbo. Real redfish, you know, any, anything shrimp, king, two And anything you can imagine, seafood. We doing it just about every night. And since you've been here, John, I added another thing, man. We started flying seaplanes out to the Chandelier Islands, which is we do a wade fishing out there. So uh, we're the only one on the Gulf Coast offering seaplane flights. So uh, I'm actually, I've been flying for 16 years. So I, I'm I'm the only guy. <laughs> so it's me.
2: Wow, it's
9: good, and you, good and, and bad. You and know. you actually uh,
2: fly the plane.
9: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the pilot, and too, you're the right? guide,
2: actually, and the
3: cook, yep,
9: and, and the cook, and, and the fishing the, guide, yeah, the turret hustler, the electrician, the painter, yeah, actually, I just <laughs> finished spraying my roses. Now I got 550 rose bushes here. I just been spraying them with some uh, orange oil. I'm getting ready to go spray some Roundup, and then. Uh, I'll be loading my plane for tomorrow morning. (laughs) That's how I go. You're a busy guy. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, uh, Michael, Ketchikan is a very interesting place. Uh, You know, it's a very old old history with a old city with a lot of history, and the fishing is incredible. But can you imagine taking a trip um, and, you know, going to New Orleans and Bourbon Street, if you're interested, and then about an hour away or less, uh, you could be in uh, Tow Fields Lodge and it take you out and, and uh, uh, you know, catching redfish and and things that you. It's an experience that if you've never done it, you got to do it.
3: Yeah, it yep, sounds like a we, blast. Yeah, we got
9: plenty of alligators down here, too, now. <laughs> <laughs> we said you've to catch a can of some alligators, man. I got them off my dock. And at, at nighttime, I got about 10 of them hanging around the dock right here by the house. Yeah. So uh, we got this uh, a different kind of yard dog, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got them, because we got them. It's definitely unique on the Bayou. Catch can is, that's actually on my list, man. I want to go up north a little bit. Uh, definitely not during the winter. Y'all can have that. It's a little chilly. <laughs> you know, yeah. If if you can drive your truck where you want to be fishing, like on top of a lake and drilling holes, all that crazy. Stuff you got to do up there. You ain't gonna see no coon ass up there. I
10: guarantee.
9: Like, well One a stove, a wing will be on top of the well, lake.
2: Well, uh, Topeal, to be fair with you, um, the what you might call the tropics of Alaska, Southeast Alaska, where Ketchikan is, and oh, they, they do it, they do get a little bit of rain. Um, like 14, yeah. 15 feet a year, but uh, <laughs> but it, it you know very seldom um, it doesn't get that cold and it very seldom even snows. Really? But, yeah, wow.
3: Yeah, they, they, they call us the banana belt of Alaska. Mm-hmm. I never knew something
9: like that even exists in Alaska. <laughs> I know I went to I went to Anchorage, oh, and all that stuff yeah. up there in, the, in July, and I was cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Man, this is July and I'm cold. <laughs> I like, well, I own. can
2: for Ketchikan, I can give you um, a weather report. You just tell me what day that you want to go, and I can tell you what the weather's going to be.
3: Really? Yeah,
2: really. Well, it's gonna it's gonna rain. The sun's gonna come out. And the wind's gonna come up in the afternoon, and really? that's every day. It, yeah,
3: pretty much. But, yeah,
2: but uh, well,
3: if
9: it's like that, y'all could probably grow some crawfish up there, man. you Yeah, better get some crawfish to grow up in the mud. We go get there, spot isn't? frogs. Get that uh, what spot spot frogs.
2: Spot fronds, yeah, uh, really big trip. Trip. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, let, let's talk, well, first of all, I want to talk about the fishing. Um, Toffield is the, probably most famous for is the redfish, right?
10: Yeah, yeah,
9: redfish number one for
2: us. And from what I understand, redfish cannot be caught commercially. You can buy them, but they're farm-raised. But if you want, right. a, if you want redfish, you know, line caught, the only way you can do it is go down and see Toffield.
9: That's it. Come down to Bayou, man. Right now, um, we actually July and August. We had to end now in September, but I mean, it's just uh, this is the tail end of when I, I fish, uh, all red fish all my redfish, all my big redfish on top water. Mm-hmm. So right now, we're catching oh, a lot of reds for, for between twenty to forty-five pounds, all on top.
4: Wow! So wow! Cool. I got,
9: I, I got one more week, and it's going to be over. You yeah. know, it'll be done. But uh, wow. you can check out my website, and you're going to see a bunch of pictures. There's a lot of people holding big reds and all that stuff's on top water, man. It's pretty cool. Well,
2: yeah, go to what the website. Cool, and, and that what is, is the
9: website? It's uh, neworleansfishing.com.
2: Oh, okay. That That's out. an easy one.
9: Yeah, easy easy to remember. And uh, just go to fishing reports. check out there. Or you go to Natural Facebook, social media, man, Bouchard Charters on, on social media. and I, I post every day. So, uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. So, it's pretty cool, man. Down the bayou is uh, hard to beat. <laughs> if you're going to raise here, I'm not going to leave anytime soon. But uh, we also have a few speckle trout going on, but they're not big. We got numbers. Uh, Louisiana actually gives you 25 speckle trout a person per day. Whoa. As your limit. But uh, average size, pound and a quarter, two and a quarter pounds. You know, that's, that's, that's about the, where that's we have.
2: That's typical rainbow trout. And yeah. how, how many yeah. redfish can you keep?
9: Uh, five a person on, uh, on redfish. Yeah. So, uh, but honestly, the big ones, only one a per, one over 27 a person, but a fish over 27 inches long, he, he's about seven and a half years old. Uh, the meat starts getting really bloody. He becomes more of a trophy fish. Yeah. And he's, these 30 to 40 pounders are 30 to 40 years old. And that's strictly breeding stock. We take some pictures, you know, make a nice video,
2: take yeah. some pictures, and, and put them back.
9: Yeah, yeah. Let them go. You know. So that's uh, if you want to have some babies, you got to leave some mamas around. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: uh, you also mentioned crayfish and uh, uh, some of the other. Now, I I don't suppose that are you you allowed to take alligators uh, in the bayou?
9: Well, alligator season just opened yesterday, so you legally you can take them. You got to have. You get one tag per hundred acres of land that you have. You know, so right now all the legal guys are actually doing what they got to do and out there trapping alligators and doing that thing. Yesterday I seen a U-Haul truck on the corner of the street, and they're like, it's only on the bayou. You know, they got two guys on the side, the side of the road with a boat trailer with alligators laid across the boat trailer and the U-Haul truck, <laughs> weighing them and tagging them. And they they're doing the deal right on the, side of the roads, which is pretty unique. Like yeah. stuff we we take for granted, but people from you know out of out of states, out of country would freak out. It's, yeah, <laughs> big old reptilians laying around. Uh, we we, we had, do
8: that with so, strawberries out here. Yeah,
2: but, uh, oh,
9: yeah well, there you go. <laughs> oh, along yeah, the, along
8: just, the
2: side uh, of the road. Yeah, but
9: most of uh, the people down the bayou get the alligators year round, but that's just the good old coon ass way of life. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, how about some fried alligator tonight? Like, get the Get the spotlight,
2: get the gun, go get the beer. <laughs> hey, you're on national radio bourgeois, so be careful there, Tophiel. But uh, anyway, we've only got about a minute or so left. But uh, the uh, uh, the food, the the whole experience is something, and it's New Orleans, New Orleans Fishing Charters, is that what you said? At neworleansfishing.com. Neworleansfishing.com. And yep. uh, go down there and get some Crayfish and some. Uh, Michael or Marco, have you guys ever tasted alligator meat? Uh, I have. Yeah. I have too. Yeah. Oh. yeah tastes like tough.
9: chicken. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> tastes like chicken.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why not just a little <laughs> Yeah, we, but, y'all <laughs> And we we, we
2: never did. Part. Yeah. Well, we mentioned a little bit about your uh, your float plane, but you've got every different kind of boat. So uh, oh, go yeah. down there and Beaujolais, you're so much fun. We're gonna have to bring you on a little bit sooner again.
9: That'll work. That'll work. All right, cuz, you got my number, man. Just give me a holler. I said, we, we'll we keep okay. the gumbo on the on the stove simmering for y'all when y'all yeah, want to come
2: yeah, down to buy you. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, what do they call it, the red beans and rice? Yeah.
9: Oh, yeah, that's Monday. Yeah. Red <laughs> beans and rice, Monday. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, thank you, uh, Tophia. Uh, to we right, appreciate John. that. All right, Take it easy. We Talk soon. All right, guys. All righty. Yep. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen as much as you want.
5: For your outdoor adventure in the West, calparksco.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Lake Comanche has 54 miles of shoreline and three marinas west of San Francisco, known locally as Monster Lake because of the big fish in abundance. Lake Hemet is surrounded by the majestic beauty of tall pines and giant oaks in the mountains of Southern California, a majestic vacation spot. Cal Parks Company is your prime location for outdoor adventures in the West.
4: That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio, and enjoy the great outdoors.
9: built a tug on the line and i didn't pay attention spinning way too fast before i knew it i was staring at a 10 pound
2: shiny bass welcome back to fish talk radio this is john hennigan in studio and i have to tell you it's going to be tough to top uh to a field yeah, guys what do you think uh mike you there yeah. Okay. I said, uh, we're going to have fun this segment, but it's going to be hard to tough uh, to, to feel bourgeois. Uh, now, we have a, another very interesting person. He's got a little bit slightly different accent. But Jason Grupp uh-huh. is a, I guess, internationally known fly fishing guide. Yeah, he, um, I, I have no idea why or how, but one of his clients uh, bought a 400-acre ranch in Santa Barbara County. And they don't give that stuff away. And on that ranch is 200 acres of grapes. And, you know, the guy bought that as an investment or for whatever reason. And as far as I know, Jason had never had anything to do with being a vintner. But the guy said, I want you to run this for me. So that's what you've been doing for, what, about the last two years?
10: Yeah, about two years. I supplemented, you know, my time with uh, growing high-end wine grapes and Rhone varietal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so half the time I'm fishing and half the time I'm out on the vineyard on my quad figuring out how to grow grapes and we sell to about 21 different winemakers in the San Ines Valley.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's mm. like you said it is it is high end. Now you also you know your passion I you know obviously is besides grapes and I don't know if that's your passion or your but anyway <laughs> uh, on the property you've got some bass ponds so you get to keep your line wet when you're out, out growing grapes you'd probably take take your fishing rod with you, your fly rod.
10: Yeah, it's been really nice to to add this ranch into conjunction with my fishing business, you know, and so all my clients I'm still taking care of. And actually, I just finished up with a family that came out and we just slammed a bunch of bass down on the pond today. It was a lot of fun. And Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm still taking care of all my clients that I took fishing for 20 years and uh, managing this ranch. And we're in the middle of excavating another uh, lake to load up with brook trout. Hmm. So I want to kind of oh. bring some good trout fishing into this area well, I'm, I'm kind well cu- of
2: curi- curious why you say brook trout as opposed to rainbows.
10: Well, brook trout can spawn in a lake. Um, they grow pretty big yeah. and a uh, little more hardy than some of the rainbows. And, oh. you know, the rainbows, you just have to keep constantly stalking in lakes like that Um, if we go brookies i can go uh, i can get it a little more self-sustaining and hopefully get a population that's breeding and Mm -hmm. whatnot and they can handle the warmer weather a little bit better am i right a little better than rainbows yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah as long as you keep it properly aerated you know these trout can handle some of the warmer temps if you give them enough do
2: now the other business you didn't mention the name of it could you Breakwater Tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and give us a bit of an idea what Breakwater Tours does.
10: So Breakwater Tours is my business. Uh, it's been you know I've been going about twenty years on that. So it it not only has uh, guided fishing trips locally here to California, but I also offer trips all over the world from Belize, Mexico, uh, all over the place. And I I host these trips. So I'll go with if we get a decent sized group. Um, one newly. Uh, Activity I've added to this is we bought a fleet of Hobie pedal drive kayaks. And we're offering inshore trips off of Calif- off of uh, Santa Barbara, California. Oh, really? Yeah, halibut, white sea bass, calicos are kind of our main bread and butter. Um, but we're taking families out on kayak and, and fishing inshore off, off Santa Barbara.
8: Really wow, awesome. that's fascinating. Yeah. And those ki- pedal kayaks are, are great for somebody that's never paddled or been used to, uh, been in a kayak. You can just sit down and... Rock your feet away. And yeah.
10: There you go. Yeah, yeah, they're really great. I did uh, with a client the other day, I did 28 miles round trip. We paddled uh, all the way from Gaviota up past Point Conception and back and got into some white sea bass action out there. Yeah. Wow. Well, the, the,
2: the kayak is completely different. I'll tell you my kayak story. I've got a condo down at Cobbleside Locust, and so I found this inexpensive kayak. I thought that'd be kind of fun to have. So before I took it out in the water, the real water, I put it in the swimming pool. I couldn't it I couldn't get on it. I, you know, I tried to flop over it like a seal on a buoy. I just couldn't get on the stupid thing, so I put it away and never
3: used it since.
10: <laughs> we'll get you on the Hobies. They're a little more stable. Yeah.
3: And it gets pretty uh, rough out there in Cabo in the real water. I'd be kind of sketched on putting a kayak out there.
2: Well, it depends on where you're going. But uh, actually, it's mostly calm, especially on the Sea Cortez. uh, And and the water's warm, and it's a lot of flat, sandy beaches. But uh, I know kayaks uh, are—do you ever use kayaks uh, in Belize or in Baja or uh, when you take the trips?
10: No, but we, we'll go out in those small pongas, but I'll tell you, when we go down to Cabo and whatnot, I love getting on quads and running the beaches and surf fishing.
2: Yeah, well, we can cool. do that. Yeah, you were down there with us a few years ago. As a matter of fact, I got Jimmy from Kendo, um, um you know, our, our, your, what do you call it, uh, rentals. It has jet boats and, and uh, quads. So if you can make it down in November, we'll fix you up, and you'll probably just do that as opposed to getting in the cruisers. I love it. Yeah. Well, ex- describe that real quickly about uh, that part about uh, surf fishing from a quad in Baja.
10: Well, you can cover a lot, you know, and I I end up cruising really slowly and just looking for fish, and there's all kinds of signs that you can find on the beaches down there. You'll see rooster fish crashing, um, and once you see kind of a good fishy-looking spot, you might see some bait jumping, just start casting. And I usually throw fly down there for big roosters, um, but we get into Sierra, Grouper, all kinds of different fish come up and, and chow down and uh, I just love that you got to be a little careful um, last trip down we had a quad break down on us so one of my buddies got to be my girlfriend for the- and- <laughs> on the way back, back <laughs> in the dark and then my lights went out it was one of those
2: trips oh, man. We well, made it's, it. it's an adventure right it is yeah but uh, speaking of that, we do have a trip coming up November 7th to the 11th. And if anybody wants to experience what Jason was just describing, we'll fix you up. Uh, normally it's two days um, in the cruiser fishing or, and then uh, you know, spend the third day on the beach. But if you want to spend every day on the beach with Jason, if we get him to go down, uh, you can follow him around.
10: All you listeners, you got to get on these trips. John John puts on a really great trip. I've gone on them, and it's very well organized. Lots of fish, and uh, really good people too.
2: Well, let's talk about your trips. Um, you, you you mentioned uh, Mexico, that El Salto, El Salto for bass.
10: Yeah, if anybody ever wants to fish, literally the best bass fishing lake in the world. I've been going there for 17 years, uh, one or two times a year, and it's just unbelievable. It's a huge lake. It's like 25,000 acres, and, uh, you know, it's it's not uncommon to catch 70, 80, 90 bass a day per guy, and... we're fishing two guys a boat bass boats the accommodations are fantastic uh you can read about it on on my website breakwater tours or just holler if you want me to set you up to go down there but uh very safe too they pick you up literally at the gate at the airport and you're with someone the entire time they drive you to the lake and uh, we fish for three and a half days and you're uh you're dog tired when you get that so um but it's just a really neat lake too these bass are just huge i mean a four or five pounder you're kind of bummed (laughs) Wow. uh, Yeah. Last trip, I I think I caught like 15 fish, you know, between seven and nine. No, no, Jason,
2: from what I understand, it's uh, they fish for tilapia in that lake, correct?
10: Yeah, they commercially fish it. Um, And so there's guys out there that They net these tilapia, and they keep the population really strong, which are feeding these bass. Plus, the weather down there is so conducive for growing big, largemouths. Yeah,
2: 365 days a year.
10: Yeah, and so one thing that I do as a host, um, is help people get good dates because you want to avoid the nets, you gotta hit the moon right. There's some tricks to nail in the trip to going there. So part of my job over the years has been helping people get there at the right time and mm-hmm. make sure their trip is really good.
2: Now are you fly fishing, spin casting, or what is your primary focus? All
10: of the above, baby. But we get out there early mm-hmm. in the morning and I'll throw fly rod then. I throw big big frog patterns, big Mouse patterns. Um, I've got one secret special fly that I don't tell anybody about. <laughs> okay. So it, it basically looks like a dying bait fish up on the surface hmm. and that that kills them. And so once the morning bites starting to slow down, then I pick up the bait casting gear and get a little deeper with big plastics and mm-hmm. crankbaits and things like that. We head in for lunch, go back out in the afternoon, evening, and as soon as that evening bite starts to hit, I pick the fly rod back up and uh-huh. get them on top water. Okay.
2: Well I have to from again, I haven't haven't done that, but I know that uh, for Decades, of course, you know, most, most of the uh, Mexicans, the reason you fish is to eat. And the idea of some gringo coming down there, catching a fish and releasing it, they go, What the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> why do you do that?
10: <laughs> yeah, they probably look at us a little funny, but. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but uh, and what about, we only got about a minute. Tell us about Belize.
10: Oh, Belize is fantastic. Fishing the flats, bonefish, permit, tarpon. Uh, Last trip there, I got a 30-pound permit and uh, oh. it's just a remarkable place. It's on my website. We go down to El Pescador. It's out on Amberguise Cay, the island of San Pedro, and we fish the flats, and uh, I can customize your package down there, and just even getting there is cool. You take a puddle jumper out to San Pedro, and then they put you on a speedboat to buzz you around the island to the resort, mm-hmm. and oh. uh, I've gone there now the last four years, uh, taking groups between 12 and 20, and oh, we've cool. just... Uh, is,
2: that, is that... I suspect that's more expensive than Mexico. Uh,
10: You know, it's not too bad, and uh, we can customize the package to your budget. Um, They're very... Easy to do that with their packages and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, next thing you know, you've got a 90 pound tarpon on the end of your line. Wow. Yeah. Uh, cool. and,
2: and again, it's Breakwater Tours.
10: Yeah, Breakwater Tours, uh, B R E A K, Water Tours with an S dot com. And you can kind of see all the different trips I have.
2: Well, we're going to start putting some more stuff together. So we've got the one coming up pretty quick in November. And when's your next trip uh, to uh, Mexico or Belize?
10: Uh, Belize, we're probably going to go later in the year. Um, They just got hit by a hurricane or tropical storm, I should say, so they got a little cleanup to do. It hit them right smack dab on the head. Uh,
2: Okay, well, we're going to have to run, Jason. Thank you so much. You bet. That's Breakwater Tours dot.com, and uh, and then make sure that you get in touch with us about going to East Cape in November, and uh, we got Michael and Marco. This has been a lot of fun. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to us on all the time.
5: For your outdoor adventure in the West, calparksco.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, calparksco.com
6: has it.
2: Always buy quality and you will not be disappointed. A.O. Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. A.O. Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. A.O. Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com, available at West Marine. He's a great American fisherman. He can fish anywhere. anywhere there's water love knows he'll be there. just Welcome back to Fish, fish sea Talk sea Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio and wow, well, this has been great such a fun American day between <laughs> <great laughs> <fish laughs> <fish laughs> Lake Hemet and Toe Feel, and man, we, hey, um, Michael, we got a trip, we got to put a trip together to Narlands.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that really does sound like a blast and that that bass lake uh, you, about, that you were talking about—that sounds like a ball, too.
2: Yeah, but uh, we've never done a trip to New Orleans. I tried to do it one time. It didn't—you know—I didn't really put it put it together. But you know, the idea is that you know, if you want to have some fun and you want to get some fishing and and. Uh, <laughs> Your uh, guard dog's an alligator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was fun. And then, of course, with uh, Jason, the stuff that he's been doing, we, we talked about El Salto, but uh, we didn't really talk too much about Belize Um what now you're a fly fishing guide primarily that doesn't mean you're a purist, but that 's really what your passion is so let 's talk a little bit about that as far as when you do it, where you do it, and the type of equipment you need to do what you do
10: yeah you know i'm definitely i don't just say i 'm just a fly fisherman I do what needs you know what needs to get what done works. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these trips that I go on, I bring both, you know, casting and fly gear, uh, just cover all my bases. You know, fly is not, they always say there's easier ways to catch fish than on a fly rod. But um, some but of effective. these techniques mm-hmm. that, like, let's say, Belize, I think you really need to be a fly angler for a, a flats fishing experience like that. You know, these fish are, are smart, especially permit. And to present a bait to them and make it look real, the fly rod really gives you a tool that you can do that with. And uh, I proved it last year down there by catching a 30-pound permit, which is a monster permit, and they're very difficult to get on the line. They're very smart, but very spooky
2: do you, fish. Do you, you, know, you, you pole or do you use a panga or do you use some of the beach or what do you do?
10: Yeah, we're on a little center console. uh kind of a ponga boat similar to it you could call it that but it's more of a center console with a huge casting platform on the front so that you know for fly fishing you've got all this line you're piling down on the ground so we're out there uh on the flats you're on the bow of the boat just scanning the water for anything that you can see and if you're part you know mainly the permit and the tarpon are the harder ones down there down in Belize, the bonefish are fairly easy to catch. They're in a little bit deeper water. They're, they're not the hard ones. Other places, they are. Down there, the permit are very difficult, and the tarpon are very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need a pretty, you know, good good casting ability to get them. Uh, but, but last year, my guide put me on an area that we just had tarpon feeding to us. Uh, And, you know, these are 50 to 90-pound fish. On a fly. It was intense. Wow. And I literally, I hooked into, I saw a 90-pounder coming about probably 500 yards away, and my guide starts freaking out. I make about a 100-foot cast, land it in front of him. He chases it all the way to the boat. Didn't take the fly till 15 feet from the boat. Wow. Eats the fly and jumps right over our outboard. <laughs> a frickin' 90 pound tarpon clears our outboard. About killed my guide. Yeah. The line wraps my guide. He falls down. Fish gets off. I hit the deck and we both crack a beer. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty intense. But wow. El Pescador is the resort we use. Uh, if you want me, want to set me, uh, you know, want me to set you up. We go every year. Here with great groups uh, amazing food lobster crab every night and uh, we hit the water early for the big tarpon permit mm-hmm. bonefish there's snook and uh, you can go into parks and uh, we were hooking tarpon on the other side of a school of manatees. Wow. <laughs> I mean, just really, a, really neat stuff down D- there. Jason,
2: you've been gone too long. We've got to get you back on to get some more stories. We're running out of time. All right. Uh, but I would like to say one more time, breakwatertours.com. Uh, let's get in touch and uh, see if we can get uh, you also uh, to take, some, take us to doing some surf fishing in East Cape coming up November 7th to the 11th. And uh, hopefully Marco and Michael and you will, will be there. And we you know we might even have a a, um, a little a session at the pool bar so we appreciate you guys very much you go to fishtalkradio.com
3: you gone fishing